0: What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is Sunday, August 9th, 2020, and that means it is time to talk all about Major League Baseball today with my co host uh, as we get ready to step into the winner's circle. Miss Brianna Winner, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Sucks that the Angels just got swept, but I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it, it's unfortunate. Um, I think you're going kind of uh, maybe a little bit through what I was going through last weekend when your team may be struggling a bit, didn't have the greatest weekend, and then you kind of look on the horizon and the and big blue machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Oh no, we got the A's
0: too. It's going to get worse. Exactly. The A's right away, which are on, I believe, nine in a row now, just finished off a sweep of the Astros, um, and we'll get into that in a in a bit. Um, but as we hit, I mean, what, we're probably 16, 17 games into this season or four or five if you're, you know, the Cardinals in this case, unfortunately. Um, but we get ready um, to to pretty much digest week three or or the third week that we've seen Major League Baseball play competitively in really a, 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 a new era or a new season that's very, very quick. Everything is, seems different. Um, first, what we're going to do, obviously, what we're do every one of these podcasts, we're going to wrap up what we've seen this week. And first, we're going to focus on the on-field stuff. Like I said, plenty of stuff off the field. We'll get to that. But on the field first, for me, one of the biggest takeaways of these past uh, two weeks, and really, honestly, it's just been this past week for this certain team, is the Miami Marlins, who I know they lost today to Jacob DeGrom, but I believe at last look, they were 7-2 and two currently. Uh, technically, the best team in baseball uh, win percentage wise I believe uh, with the Rockies lost today now I know it's only nine games and it is the Marlins, but it is very interesting to see a team that not was all expected of them overachieved in the first series of the season and then had all that you know crazy stuff happen. They sit out for what ten days and pick right back up, obviously dropped it today um, but they are uh, setting the pace in the National League East, in a National League East that pretty much everyone except for the Braves is underperforming. Uh, Brianna, what are your thoughts on the uh, mighty
1: Marlins? Well, I mean, the Marlins have gone five for seven in the last seven games. So, I mean, they're coming back, like, wanting to come back stronger than ever. They're, like, trying to make a run now that they actually got started again after their outbreak. But, I mean – I think it's going to be one of those where it's like, it's just going to probably go downhill when they get to more of those double headers that they have to come back with.
0: Exactly. And they are kind of, I, I do feel like they are one of those teams that, you know, it's everything's great right now. Uh, winning cures all, as they say, uh, what happens when that stops uh, maybe a three game skid, you know, cause I can't, I can't see this team um, that hasn't played the Braves yet. Um, hasn't played the Yankees how that goes when they play and I think it's only three or four against the Yankees in September but they still have 10 against the Braves I mean if they get four against the Braves they should just make the playoffs by default that won't happen but moving on to uh, really the underachievers of the season and I think unless you're a diehard fan of this team you are universally happy happy that the Houston Astros are pretty much setting the tone and I know the Red Sox have their problem but The Astros were World Series uh, challengers, so some people. They have lost five in a row, just got swept by the Oakland A's, who are going to be, you would expect to be their prime competitor in the AL West. I know the, uh, the Rangers and your Angels are still there too, but the Astros, big three with Springer, Bregman, and Altuve. Look, We can make jokes about trash cans all you want, but the facts are the facts. All three of these guys are combined to hit under under the Mendoza line. I know Altuve um, might be pushing uh, his average up, excuse me, a little bit. But overall, this team is heavily underachieving. It didn't get off to a great start with the Verlander injury. Uh, It's not the end of the world, though. I mean, most injuries in this short season seem to be Season ending, um, but that one wasn't. Despite conflicting reports to begin with, so for the Astros, it's it's not a great opportunity right now. Uh, or I'm sorry, it is a great opportunity for them to hopefully right the ship. Obviously, they will be looking ahead. It's not going to get easier. Obviously, the the trash cans aren't coming back. We saw what happened with the A's today. If you didn't see that, um, L'Oreano was hit. And I believe he was hit on back-to-back at-bats. Now, I will be fair. I didn't see either hit-bats or um, at-bats where he was hit. But obviously, we saw the coach or the maybe a really old player. I really feel it's a coach. A lot of people on Twitter say it's the guy who was banging on the trash cans, but he doesn't have a job anymore. So he's really bored just yelling at people. The trolls are out indeed. But um, obviously, yelling at Laureano about something and uh, Loriano decided to go say hi, and didn't get to him. Kind of big old melee that happened. Astros have a lot of drama, outside and now inside. Can this, can this team right the ship? And I, I, I think we both fully expect them to at least finish second in the division. Um, but is this team a contender to win the World Series in your mind?
1: Based on how they're going? No, absolutely not. I mean, they are struggling to hit. They are like Springer and Altuve have gone like like multiple hitless games this season so far, and it, I don't think it's going to get better, especially like when everybody's trying to pick a fight with them. Um, obviously, I didn't see either of bat either. I just saw the video on Twitter, and I've been trying to figure out who that is. But I'm sorry, Astros. Everybody hates you.
0: It's <laughs> I, true, and and it's through good good reason it's for good reason um and I told all my friends um if the Padres had to cheat to win a World Series and then two years later the entire fan base of Major League Baseball hated us I would do it 11 times out of 10 (laughs) because at the end of the day they got their ring um whether you put an asterisk on it or not uh it it counts but you're right The, the way they're going right now it's they're, they're going to probably have to fight to finish second in this division. I wouldn't put past, you know, um, the Angels or the Rangers maybe to make a move. But even if they do make the playoffs, I don't know how this team um, can really compete with the big boys in this division. Uh, moving on to the last thing to talk about on the field, uh, something that's already bit the Astros is the injury bug. Earlier this week, uh, I actually saw it live. It was not a fun injury to see because you knew exactly what it was. It was Mike Soroka um, tearing his Achilles, blowing out his Achilles he's done for this year and who knows for next year. And and when it comes to Achilles for pitchers, it really doesn't even matter. I saw pe- some people on Twitter, Oh, well maybe it's his plant foot, but it doesn't matter. I mean, your legs are needed so much. And obviously look, if your legs are needed, your Achilles is heavily relied upon. Um, obviously I wish him the best of luck. I have a, one of my probably my best friends is a diehard Braves fan. And he immediately texted me and he's like, I hope it's not the Achilles. And I tried to, you know, pretend that I didn't think it was, but I think everyone knew what it was. So it wasn't just Soroka. We've also seen uh, Verlander earlier, um, uh, Moustakis, a couple others. Brianna, if you don't mind uh, filling in the blanks for my, my uh, missing, missing brain here. So
1: obviously Soroka's out for the season. Um, he did have a successful surgery, so he should be back next season. Um, the Cubs have Quintana out with a thumb injury till the 14th. Moustakas um, with his quad is out till the 16th. Um, the Yankees have both Stanton and Chapman out until next week, which is going to be a big blow. But at the same time, they still have Aaron Judge. Um, and then the Nats, uh, Scherzer, will be back in two days after at Hamstring. And there are plenty more, but that's just the main ones. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and I think a lot of the reason is I think it's twofold. Obviously, when you when you think of health right now, obviously you think whatever, you know, health away from COVID, but we're also looking at athletes that for a lot of these guys for the last 10, 12, 15 years, their their season routine has been pretty um concrete in terms of Okay, season ends in November. Maybe you go on, you know, a holiday or go on a vacation with the family. And around January, you know, mid-January, you're starting to, you know, maybe do baseball activities, things like that. And obviously, by the time spring training goes, and by the time, I think it was, what, March 15th, um, that it got shut down about, like, 10, 12 days. They were almost fully up, um, you know, redlining, if you will. And then they get shut down. And then kind of very soon get thrown in, I think it was maybe a, a week's notice. I think there was always on the horizon, hey, get ready to report. We're probably going to play the year. But really from when it was figured out to when they had to report, it was only about a week. And then it was not a normal spring training. Obviously, a lot of different situations. You don't have those games against other teams. Very o- odd situations. I just think there's a lot of – Um emphasis on other health issues for good reason and maybe some other things split through the cracks and that's actually a perfect segue into what we've seen off the field for the second week in a row the first thing that we're going to talk about off the field is the outbreak of COVID um I guess the good news is is it's still it's now only one team as opposed to two last week it was the Phillies and the Marlins now it is just the Cardinals the bad news is is Seems like it's been a while. I I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I, I think I heard July 30th. Yeah, wow, that seems a long time, but I think that's what I heard was the last time the Cardinals played. Their series against the Pirates that was coming up has already been canceled. Um they've only played five games. This is obviously a problem when you look at how they want to layer the schedule. Currently, the Marlins and the cardinals are going to have to play something like 58 games in 50 days uh 40 or 56 games in 48 something crazy like that for me i think for baseball if you can get the cardinals and the marlins to 52 to 55 games perfect um if you obviously we want everybody to play 60 games it I don't think it's fair to the Cardinals and the Marlins, even if they were out there licking doorknobs. I don't think it's fair to uh, make them go through that kind of gauntlet of it. And um, if they do make them do that, you need to run to the betting window around those times. And those are going to be easy wins for us because those are going to be teams that are uh, heavily depleted. And one thing on the uh, COVID outbreak and what Major League Baseball has done, they obviously have come out with very stringent guidelines And um, they have announced that it was going to be, I believe in two weeks from this past Friday, they were going to drop team players. uh, I'm sorry. They were going to drop rosters down to 26 men. That will not happen. Um, It will be 28 for the rest of the year. uh, I believe into the playoffs too. to be a, I'm not 100% on that, but for the rest of the regular season, 28 man rosters will be um, the norm. Brianna, in terms of COVID, Um, the Marlins, the Cardinals, it it seems really dire, but then you kind of look around the rest of the league and everything's going off kind of without a hitch and it's no one's paying too much attention. What are your thoughts on everything COVID-related in baseball right now?
1: I mean, if you look at the East versus the West, the West hasn't had any outbreaks, so luckily they're going to be able to play the full 60 unless something happens. But um, these doubleheaders are definitely going to – make these players overworked they're going to be tired by the time they get to this second game obviously it's only going seven innings but that's still a full game in like most sports like softball it's a seven inning game so obviously they're just gonna get tired and aren't it's not like everybody's already overworked as it is because they're barely getting any days off so I think that's just going to be my take on it it's just they're just going to get tired by the end of it
0: agreed and and like I said, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. It's the Cardinals and Marlins um, played a little bit less. It's, it's Look, it's 2020, all right? Not everything is going to be perfect. I mean, half of this stuff is barely even average. Um, but I'm, I am glad because there was a sense, you know, maybe even a week ago that, oh, I don't know if the season's going to finish. Now, I don't know why, but I kind of feel like baseball is just going to kind of persevere through, I mainly think it's, there's just so much money that's on the table. It's hard to walk away from. Um, But I, I really do feel, I think this is the most confident I felt all really since everything has happened um, that we will see all baseball. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be the best baseball we've ever seen, but I think we'll be okay with that. Uh, Moving on to the seven inning games. Obviously this was pretty much the first week that we got a true sense of it. And I was keeping an eye on it, mainly because of the over-under numbers, um, betting-wise. I kind of wanted to see how they would come out. Look, we've never had a scheduled seven-inning game. Now, we've had games finish after seven innings for either rain or whatever reason, but we've never had, okay, going in, you're playing seven games. So how Vegas was going to put those lines, and the lines came out, and they were pretty low at uh, five and a half, and they went over. And then in seven innings, and they went back up to eight and then obviously you went down under. So you could tell that even Vegas is still trying to figure that out um, with the seven inning games. It was very interested, interesting to me to see kind of the, the way the Reds kind of rode Trevor Bauer. I think when you can play in a double, I think ideal situation for a team is you play a double header and your ace goes six or seven innings. Perfect world. You win the game. Now, Maybe it's a 3-2 ball game. Your your ace goes uh, all seven, gives up three runs, ends up losing the decision. Uh, What I think would help is next game, game two, you turn that seven inning game into a bullpen game. So that A, it's a shorter game. So you use less arms. And B, your entire bullpen is rested, at least for the entire day. And then the next day, you can send a couple guys back down that maybe were overworked, bring a couple more up, um, haven't really seen that used too much. There's a lot of, obviously, things below the surface in terms of option years and stuff like that. But in terms of the seven inning games, I was very interested to see how teams went about it. And I think it's a great opportunity for aces to really dominate a baseball game. When you tell, you know, a Max Scherzer or a, a Garrett Cole, hey, all you got to do is go seven and you get the complete game. Nine times out of ten, I think they're probably going to man up and go seven, If you know? know.
1: Well, obviously, this is new to everybody, especially in the baseball world, because they're not used to having, like, just seven inning games unlike softball players. But, obviously, your strategy would be the best way, just that way the aces aren't overworked. They're going to have to play in a few days anyway. And this way you keep their pitch count down so they have more of an arm for the next game they play. Obviously, most games now have become bullpen games, angels. Um, (laughs) um, Obviously, you see a lot of teams using more of their bullpen in comparison to their aces. Like, Obviously, with Otani, he's only been in like two games pitching. Obviously, he's not going to pitch the rest of the season at this point, but he only pitched one or two innings, and the rest of the time was bullpen games. If pitchers are getting rocked, it's going to be a bullpen game. So obviously, that would be the best way to go about it.
0: Exactly. And, you know, obviously, perfect world. Um, you, you'd always want to do that, and that's not the, uh, the, always the case, but I think if, if you can line up your team that way in those seven-inning games, I think you will have a huge advantage. Um, the last thing I do want to talk about in terms of what we've seen off the field that's still unfortunately related to COVID, and it was something that uh, dropped about only a couple hours ago here on Sunday. Um, Zach Plesak, the young starting pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, has been sent home, uh, pretty much told your season's done, we'll talk to you next spring or whatever. Um, He decided to break protocol and uh, spend a night out on the town in Chicago with some buddies. Either the Indians got wind of it or um, they got it right away. However it was found out, they didn't mess around. This is a pretty hard line offense. It's no, hey, go sit in quarantine for 10 days. No, you can just go home and Personally, I like it. I think it is – it sends a message. Look, obviously, Zach Lysak, young kid. It's unfortunate for him, but made a mistake. I don't care what the situation was. Um, you shouldn't have done it, period. Uh, I'm not going to judge him. It is – that's for someone else to do. Um, but I think what the Indians did here is perfect, and I think other teams – hopefully, they won't have to deal with it. But I think other teams are going to follow suit. I was, very intri- or I was very intrigued to see after the Marlins' first outbreak, the difference. There's, there's all of a sudden more, peop- more people masked in the dugout, um, more people wearing masks on the field or at least having them around their necks so they can put them up if running the bases or what have you. Um, so I think the players are obviously taking this more seriously now. But obviously in terms of Zach Polisak, it's unfortunate for him, but I, I, I applaud the Indians for pretty much laying down the law. There's no wiggle room here. Um, there's They're not going to cave. And like I said, this is a big loss for the Indians. The Indians could have very easily swept this under the rug, put him on 10-day quarantine, uh, put him on the IL, made something up, and been better off for it later on in the year. But they made sure that this team is not going to have to deal, hopefully, with what others have
1: done. Um, and I applaud them on that. Your thoughts on uh, Zach Plesak and, and the Indians? I think the Indians did a great job in this. Cause obviously they don't want the rest of their team getting sick. If it's the cost of what they have to do, they should just need to send him home. Obviously he made a mistake. He's now going to learn from it and don't ever leave your bubble again. Um, but obviously if you come back and you're in contact with somebody before your team finds out, you're going to get other people sick, especially since like the central region has had an outbreak already. You don't know where it is. Like, Obviously, bars and other places are most likely to carry them, but at the same time, you don't want to risk anything. And it's only like there's only like a month and a half left of the season anyway, so there's really no point. Just exactly,
0: <laughs> and and that's the thing too. And I, I I don't know exactly what the situation is, but I know if I go out or a night out with my buddies. A bar is definitely in there at some point, no matter really what's going on. There is at some point a bar trip somewhere. So really um, unfortunate for the Indians, but I applaud them. They did the right thing. Zach Plesak learn from this. Um, hopefully we'll never have to deal with the bubble situation again. And Zach Plesak will be like a trivia question 50 years down the road, but we'll see about that. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> excuse me, Uh, we're going to recap some of the series to watch Uh, a little bit later on in this podcast. We'll talk about the series upcoming to watch. Time to recap the series we talked about last week. First one was the Dodgers and Padres, obviously. Myself, big Padre fan. I thought the the Dodgers were going to sweep the Padres. Padres ended up getting one, Um, but it's tough because despite losing two out of three to the Dodgers, you can make a case the Padres should have won all three. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. You could probably make a case the Dodgers should have won the first game and then won all three. But um, getting thrown out in the last game, or in a rubber match, getting thrown out at home as the tying run—just unacceptable. Uh, Trent Grisham. I know he's not Ricky Henderson. He's not you know um, uh, uh, Juan Pierre. I don't know why he just popped into my head, but. Doesn't have a fast play. I mean, you have to score in that situation. Obviously didn't. Padres lose two out of three. Uh, and the Dodgers continue to kind of chip away slowly but surely at the Rockies. Uh, we'll get to them a little bit later. But what were your thoughts? Um, I know you actually called this perfectly. I think you said the Dodgers were going to take two out of three. You were the one who gave, uh, gave, gave me a little pause and uh, gave me a little positivity. So I believe that's how When uh, What were your thoughts on that
1: series? I mean, obviously, we all wanted the Padres to win uh, that series. We all did. A lot of us hate the Dodgers at this point. but oh, yeah. <laughs> specifically you. Um, but obviously, the Padres did do the best that they can do. But at the same time, the Dodgers are still one of those teams that are leading the NL West. And that's a, like a really tight um, division compared to AL West and everywhere else, especially on the East at this point. Um, so obviously – Padres just have to come back from it. And I think that they will, I think they're going to win the majority of the rest of the games. I know I'm giving you positivity here, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's got that it. it on that one. Cause, cause we need that, you know, we need that balance, the yin and the
0: yang, because you know, everyone who listens to me, I'm kind of the pessimist. Um, but like I said, you know, Yankee fans expect their team to be great for a reason. They have 27 championships. Padres and yeah, what well, why would i expect anything different from what this franchise but i do understand that this team is moving in the right direction uh, moving on to the second early week series that we wanted to recap uh it was philadelphia and the yankees this was uh one of those games that i believe uh either wednesday or thursday was a doubleheader um and that was that doubleheader was split um overall the series was split four games really kind of I, I think I might have said the Yankees will win three out of four. Um, I would say pretty much what what we could have expected. The Phillies um, did everything they could. They actually got Aaron Boone very upset. Not them, but the uh, fans in Philadelphia who uh, brought the air horns to right outside Citizen Bank Park. And, and Aaron Boone tried to go out to the umpires and try to get them to do something about it. And the umpires had to explain to him that, They're on a public street. (laughs) They're 500, 600 feet away from me. There's nothing I can do. That was rather funny. But uh, really interesting split, four games. I believe that's all we'll see. I don't think the Phillies and Yankees will play again. So interesting, but not a ton to really take away um, from that. Any takeaways from you?
1: I mean, I thought the Yankees were going to take three of the four. Um, Obviously, the Phillies just came back with a vengeance after that series got postponed at the start of their outbreak. Um, but obviously, the doubleheader got split, but the Yankees won that s- second game, I believe, 11-7. to mm-hmm. So obviously, there were a lot more runs in that second game, which means the defense was tired. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this season. Um, but obviously, the Phillies are just doing everything they can to catch up at this point.
0: Exactly. And they're just, at this point, you know, when you're so, not far back in terms of games, uh, like in the standings, literally just... In terms of just trying to catch up to these teams, in terms of uh, how many games have been played, you kind of just focus on yourself. You know they, you, you don't look around over oh, five and a half games back. Well, they played ten more games, than you know it, you go crazy at that point. So you just kind of have to. Hey, what can we do? Uh, the NL East, I'll tell you, the Braves, unfortunate with Soroka. Um, I don't think anybody wants to see anybody get injured. The biggest winners of that injury were the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they now are really really heavily favored, I believe, in the National League. I don't know if Cole Hamels can be that guy if he does come back in the playoffs, if he can kind of be that person. Um, obviously, maybe Mike fulton gets another shot. We'll see. Moving on to the third early week series to recap was the Indians and the Reds. Uh, this was an interesting series, and this was, i uh, believe the, the game I was talking about, the only game that Cincinnati won in this series was the Trevor Bauer going seven innings in a double header. Uh the Indians take three out of four. I think that's kind of what we expected. Two teams that were pretty much going in opposite directions. The 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 Reds have been underachieving, the Indians have been overachieving. And I actually, yes, Zach Pleasak in this series was the last game he pitched, I believe, unless it was this past weekend. But um Indians will have to deal with that. But Three out of four from Cincinnati. Interesting to see the Indians kind of really take control. I think they're kind of always that team that just hangs around mediocrity. And uh, except for the year, of course, they almost beat your Cubbies in the World Series. But uh, what are your thoughts on the the Battle of Ohio, if you will?
1: I mean, obviously, the Reds only won that first game. They only won by one. Otherwise, Indians won by two for the next two yeah, two games. And then they shut them out 13 to nothing, which kind of went downhill just from there for the Reds. Obviously, it was like 4 to 2, then 2 nothing. And then 13 to nothing was just the hammer on the head. So, yeah. Um, Cincinnati's going to have to come back from that.
0: <laughs> and yeah, that was. Crazy. uh it was It was. And it's something, too, for Cincinnati that they are just going to have to really get used to um if unless they can figure this out because in the central right now i think there's just a lot of teams that now look at the reds as maybe a team that they can kind of step on uh and move up because it is very very tight move on to the weekend series to recap and these were ones that were pretty much just finishing up right now um so we had the yankees and rays as i just look things over rays won friday and then I, they split yesterday and let me just it's my there we go. Don't know what today was. Oh, so the Rays. Wow, Rays ended up taking three out of four from the Yankees. They win four to three today. Um, this is huge for the Rays. Obviously, coming off of last week where I think we were talking making fun of them being swept from the by the Orioles. Yankees this time last week were I think seven, eight, and one best team in baseball. Wondering if anybody could stop them, and uh, now they they. Split with the Phillies and lose three out of four to the Rays. Stanton goes on the DL. Chapman's on the DL. Maybe panic time in the Yankees. With the Yankees, I don't think there's anybody that can really beat them in that division in terms of over a 60-game season. Um, The Rays obviously got a ton of confidence in this series, however, um, taking three out of four.
1: Obviously, the Phillies and the Braves have one more game to play, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow. But Atlanta did take two of the three, and I was really hoping they would sweep them. But, I mean, obviously, the Phillies are just trying to win as many games as they can. They'll take anything they can get at this point. And if they can just – if they only get one out of the series, they're fine with it. Because they're just trying to get as many games played at this point as they can before October hits.
0: And currently, right now, their third series that we were watching was – where was it? Yeah, Cleveland and the White Sox. Uh, it is currently happening right now. Top six. Cleveland's up two to one. Uh, they won yesterday seven to one. They, t- I believe they t- uh, the White Sox took game one to nothing. So the rubber match going on here, um, they might wrap around to Monday. That might've been in my notes. Uh, no, we're good. Um, but two uh, one Indians right now. This would be huge if the Indians could get another series win. That's kind of what it's all about. I know it's a 60-game season, so it's a little different in terms of how you look at wins. But I think most of these teams, they still want to keep it simple. Just win the series and move on to the next one. Um, obviously, there's going to be situations where you might play, you know, five a five-game series in, in a matter of three days for some of these teams. But uh, overall, White Sox, Indians, uh, still yet to be determined, but it does look like the Indians might be able to pull that one off. Um, thoughts on that series anything you saw this weekend uh, caught your eye from there
1: Um, obviously Cleveland the for every team it should just be you're looking at the series you're in just wait until the end of this series just wait till the season series is over excuse me until you look at the next one obviously like with Cleveland they're not gonna they didn't look at this series until after they were finished with Cincinnati so I mean, it looks like they will take two out of three, but it is a close game and there's still yeah. three innings to play. So you don't know at this point. But like I said last week, this series could have, could go either way.
0: Exactly. And I think it's the perfect little uh, area where we're in right now. We're literally at 540 uh, that uh, on that day. where And It could go either way in terms of uh, especially the game tonight. Moving on to uh, this week's series to watch. Uh, the first one that caught my eye was – the White Sox and Tigers. Uh, it's a three-game series, and I know maybe not um, the on-paper the craziest and, and the most talented series that we're going to see. But the reason I picked this one, <coughs> excuse me, is to find out two things: Are the Tigers for real? Because they're eight and five right now, and now that's not you know the greatest thing in the world. But this is a team that has had a twenty-two and a half over-under win total um, uh, from Vegas. And if you listen to me from the beginning, you had that Tigers over. But the White Sox, on the other hand, this is a team, and and it could go up in the air now. We we could talk about them winning this series tonight or losing the series against the Indians. But I do kind of expect the Indians to pull it off tonight. I think – I want to see what the White Sox can do against the Tigers and figure out if the Tigers – this is a measuring stick series for the Tigers, I believe. The White Sox are – probably a step below the Indians, two step belows the Twins. And I think we're going to figure out if the Tigers are on that level two with this three game series. I'm, I'm going to go out and say the Tigers take two out of three. I really like what I've seen from the Tigers this year. I've wrote them since pretty much the beginning on my over under pick. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say two out of three from Detroit. What, were, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I'm going to actually take the opposite. Um, but going on to Detroit, they did sweep the Pirates this weekend, and that first game went 11 innings and 17 to 13, so obviously, I think the Tigers will take one game, but I think if it goes anything like that first game against the Pirates, their bullpen is probably going to be depleted, but I do think that the White Sox will take two of three.
0: That's a great call. I I like that bullpen thing right there. That's a a really good uh, thing to bring up right there, and we shall see as I type it into the notes. So it, it is now, um, uh, what do they say? It's, it's, it's decided. So we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that next week. Uh, the next series in the early part of the week to watch is the Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox. Obviously, Tampa three uh, takes three out of four after a really hellacious weekend, Lose last weekend losing uh, or getting swept by the Orioles. They do well against the Yankees. For the Red Sox, um, this is a team, if they want to try to compete with with eight teams in each league, we make fun of the Red Sox, but I think there's enough talent on the offensive side to get this team to at least compete for that eighth spot, but if that's going to happen, they're going to need to start to show up. This four-game series. Tampa Bay takes three out of four from them, which I actually am going to pick. I think Tampa Bay takes three out of four. But if that does happen, anything less um, than a split for Boston is bad news. Um, this is a team that is slowly sinking, but can get it together. I mean, there, there's, there, there's still people working to get water out of that boat. Uh, it just depends on how fast it's working. We're going to find out, I think, in this series uh, whether or not Boston – is uh, really ready to compete. What, were your th- what are your thoughts on that four-game set?
1: I'm going to agree with you that the Rays are going to take three or four. Um, but after – obviously, the Yankees are like one of the top teams in the East right now. They're the most competitive team aside from the Braves. And the Red Sox have not been doing that great. Like, if you look at their past games, it's just been a struggle for them to even keep up. But after that Orioles C- series, the, t- the Rays have just been – needing to prove that they're one of the teams that could be in the playoff that could win. And I think that obviously with that Yankee series going forward, they have proved it already, but yeah, I do believe that Tampa Bay is going to take three or four.
0: Perfect. Yep. An agreement there. Uh, it's probably a pretty, pretty safe bet right there. If we're agreeing and the third and final early season series is the nationals and the Mets. Now uh, full disclosure uh, when I put this all out, it was actually going to be the Cardinals and the Pirates, and the reason why is because I just haven 't seen the Cardinals in a while i 'd like to see them that ha- it hasn 't happened. Um, and that series has been canceled, although I, I think you said Thursday ha- is not canceled yet, so they 're hoping uh, the Cardinals hopefully will be able to play on Thursday. But anyways, the Nationals and Mets is a four game set, and the reason I picked this one is this is almost I want to say like an elimination series. Now, obviously, if they split, it's not, but whoever loses this series, either three or loses three out of the four or gets swept, is going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, I actually, I'm going with the Mets to take three out of four. The Nationals, I know Soto hit his first home run this weekend, um, but I know I made I made a joke earlier, you know, in the beginning of the year, but we're talking about a team that has Starlin Castro in the three-hole and Howie Kendrick in the five-hole. That's not amazing. And then the Mets, what's the strength of the Mets? I I would say the pitching staff. That lines up well against the Nationals. Uh, I like the Mets to take three out of four. What are your thoughts on this series, Brianna?
1: I mean, obviously the reigning champs are struggling here. Like, they're four for seven. Today's game, obviously, is going to be completed on a later date because of the rain delay. But they were losing five to two in the sixth inning. That dang tarp, man. Um, And we will get to that later. I don't know.
0: Maybe. They might have paid them off to be like, hey, we got to play this game a little later. Like, hey, do something funny with the tarp.
1: (laughs) Uh, But if you, like, see them struggling for 15 minutes just trying to get them just trying to get that tarp on you. See how soaked the field is at that point. At that point, we all knew that that game was not going to be continued today. But I do take the Mets, um, taking three of four. Obviously, I think Washington's going to try to win one. But obviously, you've got the seven and nine Mets versus the four and seven Nationals. And with the Nationals' like offensive struggles, they're not going to be able to do much. So obviously, Mets will take it with their pitching. Yeah,
0: I, I I think that's a pretty, pretty safe way to go. Um, and another safe thing was, once again, if you listened early on, um, I told you, take the under with the Nationals. The Nationals were going to win, or I'm sorry, win under 32 and a half games, I think it was. That's, that's pretty darn safe right now. Uh, moving to the weekend series to watch. Uh, we stay with the Mets as they take on the Phillies. It's a three-game series. Now, so this is kind of me going from, okay, the elimination series was the Mets eliminating Nationals. Now, I don't necessarily think this is an elimination series. It's too early, really for both teams. It's probably too early to even wipe the Nationals off, especially what they did last year. But of course, they don't have Rendon and uh, that big time firepower wishers are fully healthy and they, stuff like and that. And they
1: don't have the full season that they would have had without COVID. Exactly. I mean, and we're pretty look, much in a that pennant a big part base. of it. That was a big part of it was they were came back. They, they had a horrible like record prior to All-Star break, and then after that they went off. But obviously there is no All-Star break. It's only 60 games. The, the reigning champs are not going to be able to go anywhere.
0: Yeah, and, and for, the, for the Phillies, I do think it's a little too – even if they – okay, well, if they get swept, I think it's time to write them off. But if they lose two out of three to the Mets, I don't think it's time to write them off. This is probably, out of all the six series I put down, the hardest one for me to kind of figure out. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the Mets stay hot and take the series. Uh They win two out of three. I, I like, look, Jacob deGrom, I'm not a genius for saying, wow, he's a really good pitcher. Yeah, we know that, Brandon. But that whole... The biggest question mark on that pitching staff was the bullpen, and the bullpen has seemed to be doing well when they don't play Atlanta. Atlanta seems to kind of be that um, Achilles heel for them, and we'll get there. But when it comes to the Phillies, I I think the Mets line up well against the Phillies. Phillies are struggling to find an identity right now. It is still early for them, obviously, um, but that's where I see that one going. What are your thoughts of the Mets and Phillies in a three-game set?
1: I mean, not only are the Phillies struggling to find an identity, they're struggling to just come back after COVID. Like they had been out for two weeks without being able to practice, unless they were at home by themselves, without being with the team to work on teamwork. Like it's not going to work for the Phillies at this point. Like I'm already going to try. I'm already going to write them off because like they are seriously struggling to come back from COVID. Like they had two weeks off. Obviously, they they're going to blame the Marlins whenever they get to um, every chance they get. They're going to blame them. Um, but I mean, they weren't even able, they weren't able to play on their own field. And that's like the big thing is like, if you don't play in your own field, you're just going to struggle from there. Like if you're not doing well in your home field, what's the use? I mean, obviously 2017 Astros, they did well, but that's because they cheated. Um, but, uh, but their away record sucked and I don't think the Phillies are going to go anywhere. So I'm going to take the Mets, um taking
0: two of three. Perfect. And, and even um, I do find it a little ironic that, you know, the Phillies and Marlins, the Marlins were the ones who gave it to the Phillies. The Marlins come out of this break on what five in a row or whatever it is, the Phillies yeah. come out and they're stumbling and bumbling. And uh, it, it is a bit ironic. <laughs> and I'm sure the, the, the very calm and rational fans of Philadelphia you know, sarcasm included there are uh, just, just taking this all in stride uh, with Joe Girardi there. Uh, Bryce Harper really continues to be on un- overpaid. Um, let's be honest. Moving on is really a-, a baseball's greatest rivalry. I don't think it's that this year, but we had to, in- I had to include it because hopefully we get one or two be- bench cl- clearing brawls. It's, you know, kind of one of the only reasons I ever like to watch the Red Sox and Yankees. Um, obviously it's a four game set look these teams you have the Yankees who are probably the second or third best team in baseball and you have the Red Sox who are definitely top or below 20 21 22 in that area Um, it is a rivalry now no fans I think do does somewhat change things Uh, obviously the Red Sox need to get rolling if they want to. I mean, it's open. The door is open for second place in that division. I really do believe. Um, I don't believe the Orioles are going to take it. And the Rays only at eight and eight. Um, not a huge vote of confidence for me. But this is another situation for the, for the Red Sox. They are going to have to take, at the bare minimum, a split. And I'm not going to believe it. I actually am going to go the other way. I am going to say uh, the Yankees take three out of four. I really, really wanted to go for the sweep, the set, uh, the the four game sweep. The reason I didn't is because the Yankees already swept the Red uh, the Red Sox in a three game set. Look, uh, the Yankees are better than the Red Sox, but they're not going to win the first seven games uh, in this season series. So I, I think they take three out of four now. If they go out and sweep, I'll just go in and change this and cut the audio, but I'm just kidding. But um, I do expect the Yankees – or I'm sorry, the Red Sox to get one. Yankees take three out of four. Brianna, what are your thoughts on the Yankees and Red Sox?
1: I mean, obviously, when it's four-game series, I'm never going for a sweep again after what happened with Atlanta. Um, I do believe the Yankees are going to take three or four. Like, like I said earlier, like Yankees are just one of the most dominant teams in the league right now, and Boston is just Boston and they're just struggling at this point. So yeah, Yankees all the way.
0: Perfect, and the last one, um, last week, it, we, we we talked about the Dodgers versus my team. Um, and now it's time to talk about Brianna and uh, the Dodgers and the Angels. So I'm actually gonna pass this one over to you to start because you know more about this series than I do. Yeah, honestly, you know more about all these series. Uh, than I do. I don't want to make it sound like that, but I'm going to give you the first go because this is your team.
1: Obviously I'm going to hate this series. Um, The angels are five or five and 11. I see them only taking one. Um, Obviously they're struggling at that. Rendon sucks right now. Obviously he didn't play at the very beginning of the season because of an oblique injury. Shohei Otani is not able to pitch. So he's only hitting, he did go two for three today. So that's a good, that's the good news. Trout obviously has had home runs in most games since he came back, but he struggled today. Fletcher went one for four today. Um, I, Dodgers, I know they struggled against the Giants, but I don't think they're going to struggle against the Angels. No matter what Dodger fans tell me, I've had a lot of Dodger fans tell me that they usually struggle against the Angels. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, and it pains me to say this, and I know I don't have a say in this series, but I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to take two of three and that hurts.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you do. I think one of the biggest things is, you know, when we pick these games for me, at least is, um, something, uh, that I wish a lot of people would do is, um, acknowledge their bias, you know, acknowledge that, okay. You know, maybe me starting the podcast saying Fernando Tatis Jr. is the greatest baseball player of all time. You know, yeah. that might be a little bias. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Understand, recognize your bias, but yeah, definitely. still go with it. Um, So last week, Brianna was so nice, and she was the one who got it right um, and gave me positivity about how the Padres were going to attack the Dodgers. Um, I am not going to return the favor. I am going to make the Dodgers sweep the Angels. I'm sorry. Um, I just – I look at the Angels, and they have the A's early in the year – or early in the week, and then they have the Dodgers. Now, I expect Rendon. I expect Otani um and uh maybe a couple other guys maybe not upton i don't really expect upton to turn things around but i expect some other guys to you know pick things up um i don't think otani's gonna pitch the rest of the year so it's all about hitting for him hopefully he can get that average up the only thing is, is i just don't see where you kind of bounce back this week if you're the angels um with the a's they're hot we already talked about them and the dodgers this is a team that all of a sudden is in a dogfight in the division that I don't think they expected. Uh, they don't want to finish second in this division, even if it does mean they get to go to the playoffs. I don't care about that. Um, I, I'm unfortunately going to be that person who does not um, return the favor. But yeah, I, I see the Dodgers taking this sweep. Um, but believe me, I will be rooting very hard. For the Angels, just as uh, I'm sure everybody outside of Dodger Nation uh, will be rooting for the Angels, but unfortunately, that's just how I see it going. But I cannot wait to be wrong. Hopefully, next week.
1: On the bright side, they have a day off in between the A's and the Dodger series.
0: And you know, it's funny too. As I was talking, it was in my head, like because I know the dodgers angels series is a three-game series. I didn't check the Angels-A's, but I'm so glad you you, you um. It was like that. You uh, answered my question before even answering or asking it because. That is big, you know. You play four game series against the A's and then straight in to the Dodger series, even if it is at home. Uh, is the A's series or is the Angels A's series in Anaheim?
1: Um, I believe it is, and it's
0: a three game. Okay, and that's yeah. where we started. <laughs> Perfect. So I mean, that, that you know, at least at least all six of these will be uh, in Anaheim. So there is that. Now I do wonder if the Dodgers. Go, they ha- I'm sure they'd go home after the game. Um, just take that hour ride, I don't think, or 45 minute ride. I don't think they'd get a hotel and deal with all that. Um, but it'll be interesting. Like I said, I'm really rooting for myself to be wrong. I'm actually rooting for Brianna to be wrong as well. I'm sure she is as well. I'd, we'd love to start the podcast next week and be like, wow, how about those angels sweeping the Dodgers? Um, hopefully that's the case. So they get that self fulfilling prophecy out there. Uh, but final thoughts here on the MLB. Podcast, um, the full MLB podcast.
1: Um, going back to that M- Mets Phillies, um, I believe Miami was the first to come back. Um, went after COVID. Um, obviously, Philadelphia didn't get tested until after the news came out about the Marlins. So I think that is also going to be another contributing factor. So I think the Marlins were able to practice a little bit before they came back compared to the Phillies. So that's also why I'm saying the Mets. Um, I really want to be wrong about that Angels Dodgers series. I really want to be wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's very, very similar to how I felt last week. Um, Now I was, I was all pessimist uh, going with the sweep and, you know, I wanted myself to be wrong and I was only wrong once, uh, which wasn't exactly perfect. Um, But who knows, you know, the angels, they're all major league. I think what we've seen this year, and I'll finish with this just, We've seen the Tigers, um, the Marlins, uh, the Orioles. Um, The Royals took two, I don't know what they did today, but they took the first two from the Twins. Um, A lot of weird things have happened. And believe me, the Angels taking two out of three from the Dodgers would not be the weirdest thing this year. Probably wouldn't even be the weirdest thing this coming week. Uh, We'll just now have to find out if it actually is going to happen. So once again, for Brianna Winter, my name is and first, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. Thank you all so much for listening. Y'all be safe out there. Wash your hands and don't hate.
1: If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use, <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN Betting and Team Report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. i the best threat.